0: We don't do a lot of the uh, silver lining losses this morning, for sure. A good chance for us to uh, take a three-game lead in the division, but two games up, got a big game coming up in Chicago. This is where Wisconsin gathers
1: to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills.
2: Cause someone has to, someone has to say it other than the weather. Uh, this was kind of a dumpy weekend. This is quite the deflating weekend. Not fun. I, I, I didn't have a good time this weekend. I didn't other than the weather. Granted, it was nice. Got some sunshine, got to go outside. Other than that, I, I did not have a good time. These last couple of days, not at all. Both of our football teams lost in frustrating, ugly fashion Bogdan Bogdanovich is still not on the Milwaukee Bucks. And you know what? And This is just... The Chiefs didn't cover last night. And the NFL board was very difficult. There weren't a lot of good, intriguing bets, in my opinion, this weekend. Last night was the one that I actually felt confident about. Like, oh, Chiefs off a bye. The Raiders beat them last time. They'll cover eight points. Come on. No, we couldn't even get that. We couldn't even get a cover on the one obvious bet of the weekend. So yeah, other than the weather, I'll say it. I'll say it. It was not a great weekend. It wasn't great. Sure, I got to sit on the couch and watch football. And I do have some leftover pizza waiting for me in my apartment when I get home after the show. That's a silver lining. But uh, other than the weather and all the junk food I ate and the couch time I had, not not a solid weekend. Not great. Not great at all. I'll, I'll just be the one to admit it. I'm a, I'm a straight shooter. I'll say it. Not great. It's, it's the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. And I hope you had a fine weekend, given the at least the sports circumstances. Now, silver lining is we do have a short week. Thanksgiving is coming up. So today's basically a Wednesday. And when you look at it that way, the energy is just, it's tremendous. It doesn't feel like a Monday at all, but this weekend, not solid, not solid, at least in, in the sporting world. Hope you're doing well, considering the circumstances. We're going to talk a lot of Packers today. We're going to talk a little Badgers, and just for a few minutes, right before 6 o'clock, just for a couple, bear with me, we're going to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks, because they started to round out their roster. Now I understand today is for the Packers, today is for the Badgers, and maybe a little bit tomorrow and Wednesday we can start to talk a little bit more about what the Bucks are doing and what they're going to do moving forward. So I'll give you eight minutes of Bucks talk today. Is that is that a solid deal? Almost all Packers, little bit of Badgers, and a tiny, tiny, just little catch-up moment with the Bucks Right before six o'clock, because I got the vibe last Thursday and Friday that you're like, Grant, we cannot listen to you talk about Bogdan Bogdanovich anymore. We, we can't take it. We, we're not. We're going to tune you out. We're not going to listen. OK, message received loud and clear. We're going to do mostly football today with just a tiny check in on the Bucks because they are starting to round out their roster. And it would come on. It would be irresponsible to do the Wisco sports show today and not at least mention And talk about a little bit the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll do that right before 6 o'clock. Other than that, all football. In in your opinion, your input is welcome. 608-796-2558. That is the phone number to call or text. I will open up the calling line in just about 10 or 12 minutes. Your texts are welcome, of course, all show long. And, you know, if I'm talking about... If you text me about the Packers and we're talking about the Badgers, well, I might read it. I might respond. But it might not be read on air until we're back to the Packers, for example. So if you shoot me a text, chances are I will get to it before 6 o'clock. I will certainly respond. I always do. Um, and I will open up the phone for calls in about 10 minutes. You can also tweet at me at Wisco Grant if you want to join the conversation. Let's start with the Packers. I understand the Badgers game is a huge deal as well and we will get to that as soon as 420. But I want to start with the Packers because the Packers were seven and two, top of the NFC, everything was trending in the right direction. They have very winnable games coming up. So of course they of course they lost because that's how it works. They lost to the Colts 34 to 31. A very odd game yesterday. It felt like it started at eleven AM and wrapped up at nine PM. The officials got involved big time. The Packers kept jumping off sides. The Colts kept holding. It was bizarre. The game felt like it took all weekend. And the thirty-four to thirty-one score does not begin to tell the whole story of the game. The Packers scored twenty-eight in the first half, only three points in the in the second half. They turned the ball over four times. It was just a mess. It was a mess. And when the game was done yesterday, I, I was sitting there with all my notes and I'm like, well, damn it. I have no clue what I'm going to start with tomorrow. What's the biggest storyline? right? What should we start tomorrow with at 4.05 when the Wisco Sports Show begins? Because I believe that this is an important moment right here, right now in sports radio. Right, The day after a Packers win or the day after a Packers loss, I tune on the radio and I listen to my favorite shows thinking, what is the big takeaway? What is the, the big statement, the biggest story according to my favorite host, according to Bill Michaels, according to Dave Carney here in the morning in Lacrosse, according to Ebo in Madison. What's the thing? And when the game ended yesterday, I'm like, damn it, I have I have no clue. This could go in a million different directions. And I listened to a lot of shows today. I read a lot of columns. I listened to a couple of podcasts. I feel like I have a good idea of what most people are saying. Most radio people and most callers on radio shows narrowed it down to a few talking points as the big point of emphasis, right? The decision to go for it on fourth down in the fourth quarter rather than kick a field goal. That that got some traction and some conversation today. The play call, you didn't run it with Jamal Williams or throw it to Devontae Adams. Instead, it was kind of a low percentage throw to the flat to Jamal Williams. A lot of people were keying in on that. Some people wanted to talk today about the adjustments that were made by the Colts, right? Look at the great, look at the great job that the Colts coaching staff did. Frank Reich, and, and Eberflus and company, look at what they did, what the Packers didn't. And I think we're a little bit adjustment sensitive because Coach Bud, he is Mr. N- not Adjustment. He's Mr. Anti-Adjustment. So anytime we feel as though one of our teams is out, Coach, we're just hot on the trigger. And I blame Coach Budenholzer. But the Colts did make some adjustments. A lot of people wanted to talk about that. A couple of people wanted to talk about the Packers defense. I think we should just always talk about the Packers defense and always call it horrible because it is. And then some people wanted to talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who has been a a roller coaster. He is the sporting personification of a roller coaster. A lot of ups, a lot of downs. You just hope that the the climax times well in the moment of the game when they really need a big play. Because when MVS is at his game when they need it the most, he he is really, really valuable. But when he makes a big mistake like he did in overtime yesterday and fumbles the ball, okay, well, that can really cost this Packers team. All of those talking points were hit among all the different talk shows and podcasts and columns that I read today. And they're all fascinating conversations. And I think at some point between now and 6 o'clock, we will touch on them all. But I don't think any of those talking points are the talking points we should start with. I don't I don't think any of those points are the conversation. I, I think we need to discuss how ripe that game was for the picking. Like, my... This is the analogy, right? If yesterday's Packers loss was a piece of fruit, it would be a delicious honey crisp apple ripe on the tree on a beautiful, beautiful early October day. It's 55. The sun is shining. The fall colors are in peak bloom. The air is, but there's a breeze, but it's not obnoxious, right? You're wearing a flannel, maybe with a vest and a pair of jeans, You're at the apple orchard with your friends. You're drinking, having a merry time. And you walk up to this tree and you see this, oh, this fat, honeycrisp apple. And you're like, man, I could just eat it right off the tree. And you know what? You pick it and you do because that's how ripe and delicious it is. That, that apple that you just pictured in your mind, especially living in Wisconsin, the fall time, it's beautiful. That apple was yesterday's game in the second half. The Packers leading by two scores. The Colts need to run the ball, which takes a lot of time. Like that game was ripe for the picking. It was right there. And if my Apple analogy didn't do it for you, here's something a little bit more concrete. The Packers had a win percentage, a win probability of 89% with three minutes remaining in the third quarter. What's that? 18 total minutes left in the game. They were set to win 89%. That was their win probability. It was there. It was a fat, delicious, honey crisp apple just hanging on the end of the branch. It didn't even have a stepladder. Nope. It was right there where you could grab it with your hand. Somehow... A white-tailed deer hadn't come through and and chopped it off. There, there, a raccoon didn't get to it. No, it's yours, and you can reach up and you just pick it. You take a bite, oh, just juicy. It's not mushy, but it's not too. It, 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 you know, it doesn't hurt your teeth. None of the peel gets stuck in in between your teeth up front. You don't need to floss. It is perfect. That was the game yesterday, and at halftime, the Packers were up twenty-eight to fourteen. At halftime, Packers up twenty-eight to fourteen, and they had to do next to nothing the next two quarters to win. Next to nothing. That's an important distinction because they couldn't, they couldn't do nothing, but they could do next to nothing. Once the second half started, the Packers needed one thing. They needed one thing from either their offense or their defense. Not both. They needed one thing. They needed a stop from their defense. Just one, just one stop. That would have done the trick. Or they needed one score. Either or, this is not a stop and a score. No, no, no. They needed either a score or a stop, that would have been it. That would have been it. That's all they needed. And you know what? They got neither. They didn't get they didn't get either one. They didn't get either one. And I'm not I'm not gonna get mad today. I'm not gonna yell about MVS fumbling. I'm not gonna yell about Matt LaFleur doing a terrible job coaching. I'm not gonna yell at Mike Patton, although I would really like to. I just don't have the energy. It's a short week, it's a holiday week. Gonna talk to my family and eat some delicious food later this week, right? Small gathering, but it's still it's still Thanksgiving. Still got a couple of days off. This is one of the best weeks of the year. I'm not. Hey, do you hear my voice? Do I sound? Do I sound stressed? Do I sound upset? No. But I do have to emphasize how this game was just right there. It was sitting at the end of the tree branch. Just all you had to do is reach up and pick it. You probably didn't have to grab. You probably just uh, nurture it. Right? Cradle your hand up under it and give it just a little push. And it was going to fall right off the... Right for the picking. And the Packers couldn't do it. Now, they're still 7-3. and three, And as Aaron Rodgers said to start the show, they have a two-game lead in the division. They don't have to play the Vikings again who lost yesterday. The Bears are garbage. Their Their offense is... Their offense is below the replacement line. Like, when you talk about players above replacement, wins above replacement, right? The Bears are below that line. Like, they are, they are below the line of which bad offense is measured. They're not going to lose to the Bears. And they're probably not going to lose to the Eagles because Carson Wentz will do his best to turn the ball over four or five times. Like Zadarius Smith will look like an all-pro against Carson Smith, or uh, Carson Wentz once again. It, it's just They're not going to lose, probably not again. They're fine. But it, it's frustrating because a loss like that can be the loss that at the very end of the year, you look back and think, well, if they would only have held on against the Colts, maybe they would have hosted the NFC Championship game, or maybe they would have hosted... That divisional round playoff game instead of going to Arizona or going to Seattle or going to San Francisco or going to Atlanta. Do you get my point? All places the Packers have gone and lost in the last decade because at the end of the regular season when the seeding was put together and the playoffs were organized, the Packers were one win short. The the Packers will be fine. They'll be fine. They're not going to go on some losing streak. They're not going to fire Mike Patton, although maybe they should. It's it's just one loss, and it's against an AFC opponent. It was a fluky loss. They fumbled the ball three times and, by the grace of God, managed to lose all of them. Not one of those fumbles bounced back up into the arms of a Packer. It didn't bounce between the legs of Corey Lindsley. It bounced over to DeForest Buckner. There's not a whole lot you can do there. The Packers needed one stop or one score, and they couldn't get either. And that's ultimately why they ended up losing. Now there are all of these tertiary talking points, right? All these d- these different details that you could really dig into and say, well, this is why they lost. This is why that. Sure, there's many of those. But there's always many deciding factors in a game. It never comes down to one play. Which is why I've barely brought up the MBS fumble. Right? You could talk about going for it instead of kicking that field goal. I was fine with Matt Lafleur going going for it. You're not going to leave things up to your defense, right? Kicking a 50 yard field goal to tie? No, I'm I'm not interested fourth and one. Aaron Rodgers should be able to pick up a ER. yard. They didn't. It sucks. It didn't work out. A lot of Packers fans were upset, wanted to talk about the play call. Would you have rather they ran it right up the gut with Jamal Williams and get stuffed against that great defensive line? Corey Lindsley's already out. It's not even their number one running back, and that's not even their game. They're not a physical ground and pound team, right? I wasn't upset about the play call. You can talk about the adjustments Indianapolis made. Yeah, they did, but by adjustments... Indianapolis basically just remembered what the Packers were bad at. Like, at halftime, Frank Wright and company are like, you know what? The Packers cannot stop the run. Like, if stopping the run provided us with world peace, Mike Pettin and the Packers would be like, no, nah, that, that ain't for us. That's how bad they are against the run. So the Colts come out and they start running the ball. That's hardly an adjustment. That's just common sense. Right? The, the, the Colts just remembered everything that Green Bay's bad at. That's all. I'm I'm not stirred up about, well, the Colts made more adjustments than the Pack. No. Eric Spolstra and Nick Nurse made more adjustments than Mike Budenholzer, right? Indy just remembered that Mike Pettin can't stop the run, so they handed the ball off. That's all that happened. That's all that happened. You want to talk about the defense? Yeah, the defense is trash. And it, 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 it blows my mind every week more and more that Brian Gudekinst watched last year and thought that this offseason that the defense didn't need anything. It blows my mind more every week. But they showed up with energy, right? At least they played motivated yesterday for the first time in a couple of weeks. I thought the Packers played well enough on defense to get the win. Problem was the offense couldn't help them out with one score in the second half. So yeah, we can talk about the defense. It's cheeks, especially on third and long. I've never seen a team consistently give up third and 15s the way that Mike Pettin does. It blows my mind. Matt LaFleur has asked about it in his presser today. I'm not sure he has an answer. I don't, I, of all the things that make me upset about Mike Pettin, that's the number one thing. No defensive coordinator and no defense in the NFL consistently consistently gives up 3rd and 15s like the Packers. Most teams don't give up 3rd and eight, third and 9. I mean, that's child's play against the Packers' defense. If it's 3rd and 15, you're right. You got Mike Pettin and company right where you want them. Sure, that's frustrating, but we knew they couldn't stop the run. They didn't stop the run yesterday. That's no surprise. We knew that they were disorganized in coverage. They were disorganized in coverage. They gave up a big play to Michael Pittman Jr. That wasn't a surprise. The defense was yesterday what it always has been. So I'm not going to sit here and yell and scream about the defense for more than a couple of minutes today. Yeah, we can talk about MVS. I, MVS had a couple of huge plays, huge plays. He had a 50-yard catch that put them back into the game at the very end. He drew that pass interference going into halftime. MVS blocking on the outside was a huge reason why they were in that game in the first place yesterday and why they weren't blown off the field in the second half and they had an opportunity to get to overtime. Yeah, he fumbled in overtime. Okay, okay. They were still up double digits. They, were, they had an 89% win probability with three minutes left in the third quarter. I have a really hard time, like, rolling MVS over the coals for that. I, and also in overtime, if it were me, I just wouldn't have thrown to MVS. You have Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams. Drive down and win the game. I, I'm not going to get up in arms about the play calling or about the decision to go for it, about Indy making adjustments or Mike Patton's defense or MVS. We, we knew all of that. We knew all of those things going in. None of that was a surprise. This game was so, they needed to win this game. It was so ripe for the picking. Even when they had four turnovers. They had four turnovers yesterday and they still should have won that game. You can't tell me as a Packer fan that, oh, they deserve to lose. Okay, well maybe, but they should have won that game. They had every opportunity, four turnovers and they still couldn't get it done. This is a loss at the end of the year where you look back and think, really would have liked to have the Colts game. Because if the the one seed versus the two seed, which this year figures out who has a first round bye, if if it comes down to one game, we're going to look back and think, damn, you'd really like to have that game against Indy. And if Aaron Rodgers loses in the divisional round or the Packers lose in the NFC Championship game, and I hear one thing in a press conference about, ah, oh, I wish we were playing at home, well then beat the Colts, beat the Colts up fourteen in the second half. I don't want to hear it. Beat the Colts up fourteen in the second half. I want to take a break. I want to bring the Badgers into this. This is going to be a. This next segment going to be a. A rare thing. This is going to be awesome. We're going to combine the Packers and the Badgers into one talking point. I have a real uh, football guy opinion that I want to share with you. I want to throw the statistics and the analytics out the window and just just talk football. Let's talk about the pigskin. Football coaches, football guys will love this segment. We're going to talk Packers and Badgers. We'll hear from MVS, who spoke with the media as well. He's coming up at 435. More of the Wisco Sports Show with me, your host, Grant Bills, coming up after this. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. I hope your week is off to a good start. It was a pretty bummy weekend of at least football in the state of Wisconsin. The Milwaukee Bucks filled out their roster okay. Some things to be excited about, and we'll talk about that right before 6 o'clock. I don't want to overdo it with the Bucks talk. We had a lot of that last week, so a lot of Packers today. We'll get into the Badgers here in a minute or two as well. The number to text the show, 608-796-2558. Trish says... The indie game reminds me of exactly how I felt after the Chargers game last year. Same quarterback and same stupid result. Yeah, I have a feeling that Phillip Rivers, I I I have a feeling that he'll beat the Packers again in four years. Like, he'll end up on some other AFC team, and he will be terrible, except for when he plays the Packers. Probably beat up on him again. By that time, he'll probably have five or six more kids, too. Uh, Rob says, Grant, I'm going to tell you the same thing I told Dave this morning. Packers fans are panicking today, but they will beat up on my Bears and they will get their hopes up and go back to Super Bowl talk. Rob, because I'm critical of Vikings fans of doing exactly what you just mentioned, I'm not going to disagree. Um I'm I'm not panicking today. I I thought I hopefully made that pretty clear in my opening little rant. I'm I'm having I'm having a great day. This loss I did not let this loss ruin my afternoon at all. Grand scheme of things, this loss isn't that meaningful. I don't think it exposed anything on this team we didn't already know. I don't think it, it showed further that the Packers were soft, although I'd prefer for them not to fumble so many times. I, I think the only thing, the only way this hurts the Packers is in the win-loss column. If this loss costs them the first versus the second seed. that That's the only effect of this. Yeah, it's not the best display of coaching. It's not the best display of offensive resiliency and, and you know, whatever. Performance that, you know, when, when an offense has a chance, you know, every couple of possessions or every couple of minutes, like Aaron Rodgers went like 10 minutes without touching the ball. That's a tough recipe for success, especially when your defense is gassed. And it was a weird second half. I think the only way that this makes the Packers worse or, or shows that the Packers are bad is in the win-loss column, which I guess is the only thing that matters anyways. But I didn't learn anything about this Packers team. They were not proven to be worse or better than we already thought. They just, they lost a game. They they definitely Definitely should have won and had many opportunities to win. Um, I, I want to bring the Badgers in here. I have a real football guy take. Like, throw the stats out. Throw the, throw the analytics out. I, I think this show has a good mix of objectivity and analytics and statistics. But, like, also, we have fun and we talk about fandom and the eye test and what our gut tells us. Like, I just have a gut feeling about this. We're like, hey, just the eye test. This guy looks like he's going to be a great player. Like, I think we have a good mix of stats and evidence, but also, you know, being fans, right? Listening to what our eyes say, you know, checking what our, our gut tells us. I was thinking about this yesterday. What percent of football is attitude and what percent is mindset, right? Like, obviously, you talk about conditioning, strength training, practice, film study, all these things. What percent of it is just attitude and mindset? It's It's gotta be a solid number. It, ha- it has to be, because I watch Northwestern Cover up Wisconsin for four quarters. Northwestern beat Wisconsin seventeen to seven, and it's almost like they did just because they believed they could. Like Northwestern doesn't get the recruits that Wisconsin does. Northwestern doesn't even get the recruits that Michigan or Iowa, certainly not Ohio State. Like Northwestern doesn't have the best players, at least not in relation to the to the Badgers or the rest of the Big Ten. But yet they locked the Badgers down. The Badgers scored forty five against Illinois, forty nine against um, Michigan. And seven, seven against Northwestern. They punted eight times, turned the ball over five times. It's almost like Northwestern covered up the Badgers and hold them to seven points because they believed that they could. That must be a big part of the game of football. It has to be. And I bet an analytics person wouldn't tell you that. I bet a football coach would be like, oh, it's all mindset and attitude, which is, you know, the truth is somewhere in the middle. You know, coaching and scheme, that only goes so far. There has to be an attitude or or a belief component or some variable of, of the personality of a team. Because whatever Northwestern has and whatever Pat Fitzgerald has, has got those players to buy into, the Green Bay Packers don't have it. And, and I'm not going to say they folded yesterday because I, I don't think they did. I think that would be an exaggeration. A couple weeks ago against Tampa, yeah, they folded. I, I don't think they folded yesterday. But down the stretch, they certainly didn't have that mojo and they didn't have that moxie. Northwestern was all moxie on Saturday. It's like, I don't know who any of these guys are. There's probably one or two NFL players on that team. Maybe a couple players get drafted, some unsigned free agents. But I, that team has mojo. I don't know what it is. It's belief. It's attitude. The Packers scored 28 points in the first half. It dragged around the league's best defense like it was nothing. And I, I think the Colts' defense is a little bit overrated, given who they played. If we have time at some point but between now and 6 o'clock, we'll look at the Colts' schedule and, oh, okay, well, yeah, they shut out the Eagles and the Browns. Okay, good for them. I think maybe those numbers are a little bit inflated. But the Packers did score 28 in the first half against the number one ranked defense in the league, and they made it look easy. And then in the first 25 minutes of the second half, the Packers ran six plays for 10 yards. How? How do you do that? Sure, Colts made adjustments, but how does Rodgers and company allow that to happen? They they make it look as easy as easy gets in the first half. And then it's nothing? Nothing at all in the second half. It's not like the offense slowed down not like the pace backed off they shut off completely there's nothing I, I gotta think if Northwestern's attitude was the attitude of the Packers if Pat Fitzgerald you know gave a little dose to the Packers or whatever he's given to his players down in Evanston I it, there's no way that that Packers offense if they had the same mindset and attitude that Northwestern has they, they don't get shut out in the second half it's not possible I understand practice is important film study strength training, conditioning, route running, all of it, all important, very important. Scheme and coaching, very important. But there's gotta be a, a percentage, a small variable in football that's just attitude and belief. There has to be. There's no way there's not because we saw evidence on Saturday. We saw evidence yesterday. All right, let's take a break. We're gonna hear from Marquez Valdez-Scanling. He spoke with the media today. Good for him. We'll hear from him coming up next year on the Wisco Sports Show. Wisco Sports Show rolling on. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in and hanging out. Find me on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Text and call the show 608-796-2558. Got a couple of tweets here. Mr. Packer guy says, how about Preston Smith in the role of invisible man this season? How about special teams exposed with Indy pooch kickoffs and our lack of being able to get a decent return? And I disagree with you. You can't consistently pass the ball on third and fourth and short. I, I, look, third and fourth and short, I, I don't know if they should run more, if they should pass more, but they should do something different. Because statistically, the Packers are one of the worst teams in the league when it comes to converting third and short and fourth and short, which that seemed like as is, is much of a Mike McCarthy issue when he was on his way out too. That doesn't seem like it's just Matt LaFleur. That seems like it's been a Packer issue. As much as giving up third and 20 was an issue under Dom Capers, it remains an issue under Mike Patton. Preston Smith has been the invisible man. I actually, Mr. Packer guy, I have a statistic for you. You ready? And it's per pro football focus. Preston Smith has played 230 pass rush snaps this season. He has 15 pressures and two sacks. Rashawn Gary in only 171 pass rush snaps has 22 pressures and three sacks. So I can promise a couple of things. Rashawn Gary is going to play more and Preston Smith is going to play less. And barring some catastrophic injury, God forbid to Rashawn Gary or anybody else, Preston Smith ain't going to be on the team next year because he's going to be cut for for money reasons. He's making it very easy on the Packers to let him go at the end of this year to save money. He's, he's making that decision very clear. And before we get to MVS, I, I want to hit on one more part of that tweet that you gave me, Mr. Packer guy. Preston Smith in the role of invisible man. Zedarius Smith ain't uh, he ain't exempt from criticism right now either. And this is something I wrote in my notes, and I think I even tweeted about it during the game at Wisco Grant. A lot of tweets, especially during a game, everybody's tweeting, everybody's got something to say, so it just gets lost in the shuffle, but I do feel very strongly, Zedarius Smith needs to take more of a priority in being a part of the solution in stopping the run. I know Zedarius Smith wants to pin his ears back and get after the quarterback, but if you can't stop the run on first and second down, you don't get to rush the passer, because teams are never going to pass. The second half yesterday, Indy started with eight straight runs the old Wisconsin to Nebraska treatment. That's that's what the Colts hit Green Bay with yesterday. And I get Darius Smith wants to rush the passer and he wants to get his sacks. Okay, well then it, it's as much on you as it is everybody else on first and second down to stop the run to, to earn an opportunity to rush the passer on third down. Because Darius Smith crashes around and loses contain every single play. He completely ignores the run game every single play. And offenses have figured it out. They're going to run right past Z'Darrius Smith because he way over-pursues around the edge. He blows contain, and he and he never is in position to stop the run. So if Z'Darrius, Z'Darrius and Preston Smith want to rush the quarterback, and I get Smith had the almost-strip sack yesterday. It was a big play. Okay, great. But one pass-rush snap a game, it's it's not reason for Z'Darrius Smith to ignore the running game on every other play of the game. It's like, okay, yeah, you get one sack, and that's great. But, you know, 99% of the time... We don't need that one play. We just need you to hold serve and be part of the defense. And that's something that Darius Smith has not done a good job of. Preston Smith has been even worse. We're going to see more playing time from Rashawn Gary, who he's no stud against the run either. If you look at pro football focus numbers, Rashawn Gary is one of the worst edge defenders on the, in, in the league against the run. Now, he might be better than Preston Smith, but that is saying, that is saying nothing. That doesn't mean you're better than Preston Smith. That, that means absolutely nothing. That carries... No, wait. It's like, well, you're better than the Bears offensively. Okay. Okay, sure. Good for you. Uh, let's hear from MVS. He spoke with the media today, and that made me really happy that Marquez valdez Scaling spoke with the media, faced questions today, because although lots of things went wrong in the Packer game yesterday, Marquez valdez Scaling did fumble in overtime, which essentially set the Colts up to just kick a field goal and win. Games don't come down to one play, but yesterday the game could have gone differently if that one play would have gone differently. And weirdly, this game turned me into a bigger Marquez Valdez-Scantling fan. I don't know why. I don't know how. Is that crazy? Am I the only one? 608-796-2558. Shoot me a text. Are you are you weirdly a bigger MBS fan today than you were before yesterday? Maybe it's, maybe it's that I'm just being a fan, right? And then I'm wearing green and gold glasses. I don't know. I'm not upset about this loss. Other than the the, the win loss, it's going to cost him in the win column at the end of the year. And, and that will potentially, you know, cost them a seed or a home game. Yeah, I understand that. But other than that, I'm not too upset about yesterday's loss. They didn't get blown out. If you'd have told me the Packers turned the ball over four times in Indy, I'm, oh, they're losing 49 to 10. And Aaron Rodgers isn't going to play the fourth quarter. That's how bad it was. But they were I mean they were right there. I'm not calling this a moral victory at all, but I'm not I'm not upset and calling for anybody to be cut or fired except for maybe Mike Pettin, but that's not unique to, that's not unique to this week. I think that every week. Nevertheless, bigger MVS fan today than I was before yesterday. And I thought it was really cool that he stepped up and spoke with the media today. He was first asked about his teammates, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, a bunch of guys coming to his defense on Twitter last night and showing support. MVS asked what that means, you know, that his teammates have confidence in him. Yeah, I mean
0: it was- People that I, you know, I care about. Um, and obviously, you know, they, they hurt to see me hurt um, to go out and, and you know, cause that uh, mistake at the end of the game. Um, but, you know, those, that's what brotherhood is all about. You know, no one's ever going to be perfect. Um, and obviously, you know, me taking it to heart um, with that costly mistake at the end of the game, um, it, it hurt, but, you know, i got, got my brothers to support me. Um, and, you know, that's, that's the family that, that matters. You
2: never want to lose
0: games. Ever.
2: And I'm not going to sit here and argue today that losing yesterday was a good thing. Right? I'm not going to make that argument. That would be completely disingenuous. That would be 100% fan. There'd be no logic in that take. But over the course of a regular season, there's going to be ups. There's going to be downs. A team is going to face adversity. And I constantly think of 2010. The Packers did not have a good regular... Like, it wasn't even an entertaining regular season in 2010. It was a mess. Right? They were losing in overtime games to teams like the Dolphins into Washington. They were dealing with injuries. They were all out of sorts. And until they got hot, starting against the Giants, against the Bears, and then into the playoffs against the Eagles, the Falcons, and the Bears, once again, and then in the Super Bowl. Like Until that run started, this team, we, we couldn't make anything of it. And I do think there is something to be said for facing adversity, for dealing with you know obstacles, because you have to overcome it. You have to get stronger and overcome it. And weirdly, in a way, if a fumble by Marquez Valdez-Scantling instills more confidence into the offense and, and gets these guys to buy in and support each other even more, okay, maybe maybe there is a silver lining. Obviously, the Packers aren't better today for losing yesterday. Um, but but just trying to find the silver lining, maybe as Marquez Valdez-Scantling is. Let's go to the talking text line. Brett, I hope you had a great weekend and didn't lose all of your bets. What's going on, Oh,
1: oh nothing good. I only got three right the whole weekend.
2: That was a tough board.
1: Man, and I'm just trying to figure out. I wonder what Michelle Patton is doing today.
2: Mark Pet Mark Patton. I think I think he loses no, his no, first Michelle. name this week. Michelle he's, Patton. That's even still, better. He's
1: Michelle today, um, because let's let's not forget uh, the offense of Indy is not good. Yeah, we 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 look decent, but third down came around and then we
2: didn't. Why is it? it do you good. think that the Packers give up third and I? You're you're a smart man, Brett. You watch a lot of sports. Yeah. I've never right. seen ever a football team give up third and fifteens. Like, okay, maybe, maybe Tyreek Hill and Patrick Mahomes convert a third and fifteen in the postseason. That that is an outlier of outliers. It never happens because teams, a lot of times, they'll just run a draw play, they'll run a screen because they want right. to give their, their puncher a couple extra yards. Against the Packers, man, it's like open season. It's like get your shotgun right. out of the truck. Let's go because they pick it up every time and I don't get it. That's what's most frustrating wow, for- of all
1: for some reason they all think that their quarterback is, is Aaron Rodgers on third down where it's like, you know what? I need four yards. Let's go for 40. That sounds good. Yeah. Let's do that. Just, and, and then let's punt. That sounds good too. Um, or I'm trying to figure out why both the Packers and the Badgers specifically, uh, how many times when you're at third and long, do you need to a hand it off and run straight into the coverage mm-hmm. or B do a lateral, pass which is going nowhere
2: behind the line of scrimmage on, on, yeah no I agree like a bubble screen on third and long just just hand it off if that's what you're gonna do and right. I and I thought before halftime Brett maybe you notice this I thought before halftime when they took that shot and they got the pass interference to Marquez Valdez scaling I'm sitting at home and I'm pounding on the table saying that's why you try to throw it deep even if you even if you just huck one up like worst case scenario you might get a pass interference call like I don't know right. why teams don't at least try it and even on 3rd and 15, like, you don't even need a it PI to, to pick up a 3rd and 15 against Patton's defense. They'll just let you have it. Yeah.
1: I, I just, I don't know. It was, it was disappointing. Yes, it's not going to mean a, a whole bunch because, let's get real, uh, if we were number one seed in the NFC, which we still could be, but mm-hmm. home field at Lambeau with zero fans means nothing. <laughs> They've
2: been bad at Lambeau anyways. So I, I want that it, buy, though.
1: It, okay, Why? because we've historically not won off of a buy.
2: That's true. I mean, so you're not wrong.
1: let's just keep – let's give extra practice to MVS to figure out how to make a stick'em work, right, and really? actually hold on to something. I mean, yes, he can make the play, but then if he's going to let it go the next play, who cares?
2: I agree. You just – he's a roller coaster. There's good plays and bad plays. You know what? Your calls are, you. are never roller coasters, Brett. They're always all good all the time, and I appreciate that. Jordy Nelson, Bosa. Complete. That's all you need. Just bring those two in. That's it. That's I, think, all in. I think Jordan Nelson is sitting at home somewhere. I, I he might probably. be worth a call. That's all I'm saying. He's I,
1: available.
2: We we know his hands are good. So yeah, his. Uh, I mean, the rest of his body, the rest of his body might not be, but his hands are probably wow. fine. I, I agree. All right, man, Brad. I'm sure I'll talk to you before Thursday. But enjoy the short week, and I, I appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. Anytime. Have a good night. Yeah, you as well, Brett. I appreciate you. Some extra practice time for MBS on the bye. No, he's not wrong. Like, I, we're trained to always want the one seed, the two seed, get the first round buy, get home field. But, I mean, the Packers have been bad off a of bye and they've been bad at home. So maybe it's all for nothing, anyways. Marquez Valdez-Scantling. this It is a roller coaster. It's up and downs, unlike the uh, talk and text line. You're all tremendous. Uh, and I enjoy speaking with you at 608 796 2558. I got a chuckle out of Marquez Valdez Scantling today when he was asked why he's speaking to the media. One of the members, one of the interviewers, is like, "Yo, why did you want to come talk to us today?" It's got to be a talk. I mean, you made the big gaffe yesterday. People are upset about it. Why be so
0: bold and come speak to the media? And I, his answer made me laugh. Um, I mean, I was asked to, to, to talk, um, <laughs> but you know, it's you know, there, there's no you know, no anger in my heart toward you know the media or, or anything, um, and it's a part of the job. Um, and, you know, I can take the good days with the bad days, um, you know, and obviously, you know, I talked to the media after, you know, a career game the week before. Um, so I was at the, you know, the highest point of my career um, and you know, at the lowest point. So, you know, I, I can take it on both ends and, and not be fazed by it.
2: You know, some good humor. there saying, well, I'm talking to you guys because they asked me to. But also, you know, if you're going to speak with the media after your biggest win, your biggest game, I appreciate you, you know, sticking it out after your biggest loss as well. Marcos valdez I, I also faced death threats last night. He, he tweeted about it. People are upset and threatening him and, and telling him to, you know, go kill himself after a bad game. And I thought the Packers beat asked about it today. I, I, I never like talking about death threats for a player because I, I feel like when a player mentions death threats, then the entire beat gets up and they're like, come on, you're all better than this. Understand that a football game is no reason to threaten any. Uh, yes, we know. Okay. There's people who are on Twitter. They're just idiots. They can barely read. So they give death threats to players because they think they're funny and they're not. Like I don't, th- death threats is always such a sticky conversation. And MVS talked about it a little bit. And then Steve McGargy of the AP is like, "Well, were these death threats on Twitter? Like this whole exchange?" Uh, I
0: mean, I got the same support that they were giving me publicly. Um, it was it was no different. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I, I wasn't fearful of my life or anything. Um, that's that's never the case. It was more so the fact that they're you know, just to get people to understand that you know we're we're humans too. Um, and, you know, not just some some number um, on a jersey um, that were people first. And, um, you know, I wasn't concerned with, you know, my life or, you know, fearful in that regard, just to show that people, you can't be, you know, disgusting to, to other people, you know, around the world.
1: Was it mostly comments on social media you were getting in terms of the criticism and the threats and things like that?
0: And also, yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, no, no one really has uh, access to me outside of, you know, social media and uh,
2: you know no it was no it was smoke signals that's how people were threatening marquez I, th- this whole death threats thing i talked about it with tyler hero a couple of weeks ago and if you're new to the show if you weren't listening at the time i just the idea that that tyler hero was receiving death threats that weren't just random tweets from twitter bots or twitter burners like no one is mailing death threats to Whitnell high school like sitting down with pen and paper nobody The idea that death threats towards Marquez Valdez-Scantling were were anything more than a couple of tweets from morons that probably can't read, like I said, or think they're being funny and they're not. Like, we always got to make such a huge—oh, come on, sports isn't that big of a—I understand we do this every time a player makes a mistake. They get get one tweet, and it's a referendum on our state's morality, and it drives me nuts. Obviously, death threats are terrible. Don't threaten a player over sports. That's stupid. But I don't need to tell you that because you know— we all know that, right? He had a bad game. Move on. He also, he made a couple of really good plays. Funny enough, it might've been his best game of the season minus that last fumble. That's how sports work, right? That's how football works. It's the ultimate team sport. Let's take a break. I want to talk about the Badgers and what happened in Northwestern. A couple of texts to get to about the Badgers and about the Packers as well. A lot more of the Wisco Sports Show coming up. Let's take a break. Be back after this. <laughs> Wisco Sports Show rolling on. Hope you're having a great night. Short week. Thanksgiving week, right? It's basically Wednesday today when you think about it. Should help the Monday go a little bit quicker. I appreciate you tuning in and hanging out. We're talking about the Packers loss, the the Badgers loss. If you're a Vikings fan, you're a Vikings loss too. Not a, whole lot, uh, not a whole lot that went right this weekend, at least in the sporting world. I know the weather was beautiful. I had a delicious pizza that I got a... Screaming deal on good special, but that was that was about it. 2558 If you want to text or call the show, you are welcome to do so. You can tweet at me at Wisco Grant. I, I want to pose to you a question that we'll come back to later. Our, our morning show host here in Lacrosse, Dave Carney, posed an amazing poll question this morning. Something that I didn't think about. Something that I, I don't even know the answer. Here was the poll question: Which loss surprised you the most? The Packers, the Badgers. Or the Vikings? Now, I want to try to fully answer that question at 520. So in about a half hour, we'll come back to it. But let me know what you think. In the meantime, send me a text, 608-796-2558, or tweet at me, at Wisco Grant. However, I I bring it up now because the question brings up an interesting point. I'm not surprised that the Packers lost or that the Badgers lost. Not one bit. In fact, I almost picked the Colts on Friday. I, I basically said it without saying it. I'm like, I'm really worried about the Packers. Really concerned about the Packers. This is the type of game that they'll have issues with. This is a physical team. This is a hard-hitting defense. The Colts might win. The Packers might lose. Like I said it a million times without ever actually picking the Colts. And we all know what happens when the Badgers go to Evanston, right? It's like it's like we see two versions of two teams that we've never seen before. It's like you have the Badgers and then you have the Badgers against Northwestern. And it's that way every year. I'm not surprised that the Packers lost or that the Badgers lost. I am surprised... How the Packers lost and how the Badgers lost. We've already talked about the Packers. Uh, Let's talk about the Badgers a little bit. I did not see them only scoring seven points. That is not something that was on my radar in the realm of predictions and the realm of scenarios in my head. I did not account for the Badgers scoring seven points. After they scored what? 49 against Michigan. What? They hang 41 on Illinois. I have it in my notes. Wait one sec. I'll tell you for sure. 45 and 49. And then you play Northwestern and you, you, you score seven? Seven? I did not see them only scoring seven points. I didn't see them punting eight times. Well, may, maybe that was predictable because that's the type of game Wisconsin and Northwestern were going to play. But they turned the ball over five times? Mertz had picks and he lost a fumble. And this is just a mess of a game. I didn't expect the Badgers to lose in the fashion that they did. Not surprised by the loss. Surprised on how it went. Like, and we expected an ugly game, and we were still blown away by how ugly this is. It was like Monday Night Football last week between the Bears and the Vikings. We knew it was going to be ugly, and we were still disgusted. We were still like, oh, my God. Like, put the children in their rooms. This is embarrassing. We, we, we were ready for it, and it still took us off our feet. So, I, like, what went wrong for the Badgers here? I, other than just playing Northwestern, and they're a good team. I think no Danny Davis and no Kendrick Pryor were huge I think they're, they're anchors on this offense with a lot of young players. And Davis and Pryor allow the role players to be role players. It's clear after that game that Jamara DK is not ready to be a starter. Not quite yet. He's not ready to be the focal point of the offense. It's funny enough, it's almost similar to 2018 when Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor weren't ready to be number one wide receivers without Quintes Cephas. So we've come full circle here. Wide receivers aside, not an excuse, but an explanation. What about another... Non-concrete theory, like a like a football guy theory. Is there such thing as uh, the Northwestern effect? Has anybody ever talked about this? I think this might be a thing, and I want to talk to a former Badger about this. Maybe we can get Russell Wilson on. Great, great friend of the show. You know, Russell Wilson on. I don't think Mertz was ready for the Northwestern effect. Right? Exactly what happens when the Badgers play the Wildcats in Evanston at that field? Like, I, like, maybe, just maybe, Graham Mertz, who threw for 230 yards and three interceptions, 23 of 41, maybe, just maybe, Graham Mertz really wasn't prepared. And I, and I was cracking myself up this afternoon thinking about this, because I just pictured Paul Crist sitting in his office, and being like, all right, Graham, come on in, I want to talk to you. Sits down. Hey, Graham, I, I really want to talk to you about something. And Mertz gets uncomfortable, and Paul Chris is like, no, 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 not that. Not the birds and the bees, not how babies are made. I want I want to explain to you what happens in Evanston. Has anybody ever told you about this, Graham? And Mertz, he plays it off like he's no big deal. Yeah, coach, I get it. I get it. Don't worry about it. I understand. They all have 4.0s, and they will only be like 20 people at the game. Don't worry. I got it. It's like it's like in the Empire Strikes Back when Luke takes off and he leaves Yoda behind and he's going to fight Darth Vader for the first time. He's like, yeah, he's, he's evil or whatever. I got it. Don't worry. I'm I'm on this. And Yoda's like, Oh God, that, that was what happened here. Like I I just have this picture in my mind of Paul Chris trying to explain to Graham Mertz, like, no, I don't think you get it. Uh, when we go down to Evanston, things are, things are different down there, man. It's your first start. I got, got to warn you and Mertz, you know, happy go lucky. Just playing it off. Yeah. They're all smart. And you got 4.0s. Yeah, Wildcats. Yeah, they run the ball, whatever. And then he got down there. He's like, oh my God. They've <laughs> never played in a game like this before. It's the Northwestern effect. It has to be a thing. It has to be a thing. If anybody knows a former Badger, please send them my way. Does anybody know Russell Wilson? We could have him on. He'd be a great guest to talk about this with. I want to go back and look at the stats from the Northwestern game when Russell Wilson was in town. Maybe learn a little something. Oh, the Northwestern effect. We're going to talk more Packers. Tiny little bit of bucks before 6 o'clock. I want to get back to that poll question about the most surprising loss of the weekend. A lot of good stuff to come. Another hour of the Wisco Sports Show coming up after this. Stay tuned.